house of the Lord and feel the spirit and power and presence of God here this morning. Truly, it is great when you just feel God's love and kindness towards us. Amen. Over and over. It's good to have everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. To be what as Sister Miller said, immediately following service this morning, we invite everyone to come downstairs and fellowship with us and eat with us and dine with us. Amen. And let's see, you know, what God will do in all this. Amen. <clears throat> truly, truly, His merciful kindness is great towards us. Amen. And so I want to encourage you to. Continue to stay the course, stay on course for the Lord. Amen. The Lord is coming. Amen. So we need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, amen, we'll go to Judges chapter 12. Amen. You stand for the reading of God's Word this morning. Judges chapter 12, verse 4 through verse 6. Judges chapter 12, verses 4 through verse 6. And again, all our guests, we are glad you're with us this morning. Amen. Then Japheth gathered together all the men of Gilead and fought with Ephraim. And the men of Gilead smote Ephraim because they said, Ye Galileadites are fugitive of Ephraim among the Ephraimites and among the Messites. And the Gileadites take the passage of Jordan before the Ephraimites. And it was so that when those Ephraimites, which was escaped, said, Let me pass over, that the men of Gilead said unto him, Art thou an Ephraimite? If he said, Nay, then said they unto him, Say now, She boleth. And he said, See for he could not frame to pronounce it right. Then they took him and slew him at the passage of Jordan, and there fell at that time of the Ephraimites 42,000. 42,000. And I want to minister to you from this thought today, death because of a letter. Death. Because of a letter. Father, we praise you again this glorious morning, Lord. You alone are worthy of the highest praise, God, and words cannot thank you enough for all that you do for us. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, stay with us today, God. Let us not leave, Father, the way that we came through these doors, God, but let us leave changed, renewed, and refreshed in the Holy Ghost. And we will give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated, amen. Death because of a letter. When we lived in Asia, when I was serving in the military in Asia, and plus when we served as missionaries in Asia, one of the things I found with the uh, Asian people is they had a hard time pronouncing my name. They could not, uh, Rufus, they could not say R's correctly, that, like we say in this, here in America. They always, the R's to them sounds like an L. You know, if you say, you know, if they, you came in to order something like rice, they would say, would you like some rice? <laughs> so it, it could really get you going there. So in, in the, you know, so they would call me Lufus Parker. 
you know, and they couldn't pronounce the P's, the P's sound like F, so they would say Lufus Faka, you know, Lufus Faka, you know, and stuff. So we would have a lot of fun with that, you know, and so the letters and the pronunciation to them was, certain thing was kind of hard, amen. You know, and even when I was serving in the military, we had what we call challenge and password, you know, in order to get into a base, even today sometimes uh, when they're having military exercises, they have challenge and passwords and they might say a word and you have to have that comeback or else you can't get in or they might perceive you as being the enemy, and I can remember one time we were having a training exercise, and one of the soldiers was with me, and, you know, the, the password was Boston, and the challenge was beans. And so the, the colonel came out to inspect us, and the soldier said, halt. And the colonel stopped me. He said, Boston. And the colonel says, Massachusetts. <laughs> and the soldier pulled the trigger. Luckily, we had blanks, you know. <laughs> or else he'd have been dead. Amen. Praise God. But as we begin to look at the Word of God, we can begin to understand some things through what God is trying to show us. And one of the things we have to learn about the Word of God is as we read the Word of God, we've got to begin to look at the Word of God and say, how does this apply to me as a Christian? What is God trying to speak to me through His Word? We know that Paul tells us in Romans ten seventeen that faith comes by hearing and it comes by hearing the Word of God. And so therefore, when we read the Word of God and we hear the Word of God, we need to ask ourselves, how does this apply to me? Paul goes on and tells us in Romans fifteen four that the things that was written before was written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might find hope. Amen. So as you begin to look at this passage of scripture in the book of Judges, you can begin to say, how does this really all apply to me? As we begin to look at this thing and as you begin to study uh, the Judges, you find out that this was not the first time that the Ephraimites had came against the Israelites. You know, they had came up against Gideon when God began to deliver the children of Israel out of the hands of Midian. The Ephraimites got mad at Gideon because they were not asked to help. You see, the Ephraimites were declassified as a people with a lot of pride in their hearts. And they was always, I'm not going to do it if I'm not going to get the glory. You ever seen anybody like that? I'm not going to do anything or be a part of anything if I'm not going to get the glory. You see, the Ephraimites was full of pride. And we know that Solomon tells us in Proverbs 16, 18 that pride goes before destruction and a holy spirit before the fall. And then he tells us in Proverbs 13, 10 that only by pride cometh contention. So that we can see that the fruit of pride is contentions. And this is what the Ephraimites had and this is what became their demise. And the Bible lets us know that as the uh, children of Israel, the Gileadites, amen, they took the forward to where the Ephraimites would have to cross over and as they came to the forward uh, to want to get over, to try to escape, to be free, as we can see through the reading of the Word of God, they began to challenge them before they let them cross over and they said to them, are you Ephraimites? And if they say no, they said, say Sheba with. 
And which means a, a scream or a flowing brook uh, or in one passage a year corn. And so because they was Ephraimites, they could not pronounce it correctly. And so they said, seep the rep. They could not pronounce the H. And as a result, uh, they were killed. And, and 42,000 died, the Bible says, because at that point, uh, I like to relate that H that is missing uh, to like people who have no holiness in their lives. You see, when there's pride in your life, there, there won't be any holiness in your life. And we know that if we not follow God with holiness, no man shall see the Lord. I, I like to relate that age to help. When there's pride in your heart, there's no help. People don't want to help when there's not and when they have pride in their hearts. Hospitality. When there's pride in your heart, you won't give to hospitality. And if you have pride in your heart, you cannot enter heaven. Paul began to talk to the church, amen, of Corinth. He says, amen, ye are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifest declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in table of stones, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God's word, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also have made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. You see, this is why Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and that more abundant. You see, some will say that what is what's wrong with the law? Well, the law Paul speaks to here was the letter. And because if you disobeyed the law, it brought death. This is why if there's no law, then usually you don't know sin. But as long as there's a law and you violate it or disobey it, it becomes sin and it brings death. Amen. So we have to understand that the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Jesus Christ. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are one in Christ. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. You see, the letter killeth, amen. And so what does it kill? How does it kill, amen? If we do not regard the things of God, amen, it can kill us, amen. We need to understand that the sting of death is sin. The law kills by directly leading to sin and that it stirs into existence the principle of concupiscence. But the Spirit gives us life. Amen. Aren't you glad for the Holy Ghost this morning? That God has come to give you life and that more abundantly. You see, people will say, you Christians are mean. You Christians, you just don't have any compassion. You're so mean. But no, 
We know there's a law. We know that God's law cannot be changed. God has written His law. Amen. And Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. He desires to write it on your heart and in your mind so that all will know Him. Amen. This is what God desires of you and I. As we see how many Ephraimites died because of one letter. And I'm afraid that a lot of other people are going to die because of one letter. You see, Paul has written letters to the church, or he's written what is called epistles. Now, someone look at Romans 10, and they get on the Romans road, and they say, all you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart, and you shall be saved. But that is not what Paul is trying to get you and I to see when he writes that letter to the church at Rome. He is trying to get them to see that the children of Israel need to confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior of not. They cannot be saved. You see, the Israelites was the one that rejected Christ. They was the one that put him in open shame. They were the one that cried out, crucify him, crucify him. And so Paul is trying to get us to see here in the 10th chapter of Rome, if they do not confess Jesus Christ, they cannot be saved. And so Paul begins that 10th chapter by saying these words, Brethren, my heart and desire and prayer to God is for Israel that it might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Amen. They had a fire in their hearts for God, but not according to the knowledge of God. Amen. This is why the Bible tell us that Hosea 4, 6 my people perish because of a lake are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Amen. Israel did not have the knowledge of Christ. Amen. They cried out, crucify him. For they've been ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Amen. So Paul is trying to get them to see here that Jesus Christ, they were trying to be righteous by the law. You cannot be righteous by the law. Amen. It's what he was trying to get them to see. For the law killeth. Amen. And so we need to have the Spirit of Christ in our lives if we're going to live. And this is what he's trying to get them to see. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them. But the righteousness which saith is a faith speak on this wise, saying unto thine heart, Who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ from the dead again? In other words, all Paul is requoting here is Old Testament scriptures. He's trying to get them to see. He's writing to a Gentile church. 
trying to get them to understand how they got drafted in because of the rejection of the Jews. And he's trying to let them know that if the Jews would confess Christ, they too could have him as well as you and I. So Paul is here quoting Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 12 and Leviticus 12, verse 18, verse 5. See, Leviticus 18.5 says that the righteousness which you do, you got to live in it. So Leviticus 18.5 is what he's quoting. And then he goes on and quotes Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 12 to try to get them to see the Word of God, what God had said. And then he goes on and says that if thou shalt confess, he says, but what saith it? The word is nigh you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture said, Whosoever believe on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Amen. For the same Lord of all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him and whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe without on him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be set? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel and preach and bring good tidings of good things, glad tidings of good things. What is he talking about? He's talking about Isaiah 52 verse 7. Amen. How beautiful the feet of them that bring glad tidings of great joy. Amen. He's trying to show them through the scripture where the rejection took place and what they need to do to get back in. Amen. So he goes to Isaiah 52 7. Then he takes them into Isaiah 53 1. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed thy report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Verse 18, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. He's quoting Psalms 19. Amen. He, who the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, and the firmament show forth his handiwork. Day unto day they utter speech, and night unto night they so for knowledge, there's no speech, no language that the voice is not heard. The lines is gone into the ends of the earth, and the words into the ends of the world. He's trying to show them through scriptures where the rejection took place with Israel. They rejected God. But he said, but say, did not they know? But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are not a people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. He's now according to them. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 1 through 5. He's bringing them back and forth to try to show them. But Isaiah is very bold and said, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not of me. But to Israel, he said, all day long 
I have stretched forth my hand to a disobedient and a gainsaying people. This chapter is not about salvation for you and me. It's about Israel being restored. And a lot of people is told people all you've got to do is just confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. You shall be saved. Amen. That letter is going to kill a lot of people because you have not begun to do what God has called for you and I to do. If that's all you had to do to be saved was just confess Jesus, Jesus would have told that to Nicodemus. Just confess me, Nicodemus. But no, Jesus said to Nicodemus, except the man be born again of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter nor can he see the kingdom of God. You're not saved but just confessing Jesus. You're not saved but just coming and shake my hand. You must be born again of the water and the Spirit. This is what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. If all you had to do to be saved on the day of Pentecost, when they asked them, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter would have just said, well, confess Jesus and you'll be saved. But no, that's not what Peter said. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you, to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exalt said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. You're not going to be saved but just Romans 10. That letter is written to a church explaining and giving understanding about how one can become into the fellowship in the place of Almighty God. Yes, you have to confess Jesus Christ. You have to believe in your heart. But it doesn't stop there. You've got to repent. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you have to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Paul goes on in the book of Ephesians. And he says, by grace are you saved through faith. And that's not a works lest any man shall boast. And so a lot of people say, well, I'm saved by grace. Well, what it means is you can't earn salvation. It's because of God's grace that we are saved. You can't earn salvation. Salvation is free. Amen. No, you can't work. Your work come after you get saved if you're going to go to heaven. See, this is not why you got to be a witness for Christ. This is why now you got to separate yourself from the world. And this is why you got to come out from among them and be separate. This is why you got to be a witness for Christ. This is why you got to go to church. This is why you got to teach Bible studies. This is why you got to reach out to others. That's where the work comes in. This is why James said, You show me your faith by your works, and I'll show you mine with my works. If you're going to be saved, amen, you're going to have to follow the book. You're going to have to obey the instruction given by Jesus Christ and the apostles on whom he chosen. I choose to listen to Peter and what he said since he was given the keys to unlock the doors to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. 42,000 died because of a letter. I... 
was talking to a man one day and I was trying to explain this to him and he says to me, so you're telling me that Mother Teresa isn't saved? I says, how do you know Mother Teresa don't have the Holy Ghost and baptized? She's in India. I'm in America. I don't know. I says, and besides, this ain't about you, me, and Mother Teresa. <laughs> this is about you and Jesus. <laughs> See, you know, a lot of people want to compare somebody else. But the Scripture tells us, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You've got to obey the Word of God. Amen. Cornelius, by all accounts, would have been good to go. He was confessing Jesus. He was living right. He was doing right. But about the third hour of the day, the angel appeared to him and says, Cornelius, thy prayers and thy arms has come up before God as a memorial. Now send a jumper for one Simon to Peter. He lives by the seaside with one Simon Tanner, and he'll tell you what you need to do. And when Peter came in, amen, and he says, I want to know for what purpose you sent for me. And Cornelius began to relate to him. And Paul Peter says, I perceive that God is no respecter person, but in every nation, they that fear him and work in righteousness is accepted of him. And as Peter began to preach about Jesus Christ, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost fell on all them that was in the house for the circumcision that came with Peter heard them speaking in other tongues. And then Peter said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which has received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. If all they had to do to be saved was just confess, he'd have been good to go. But no, he and his household had to be baptized. Amen. Forty-two people, thousand people died. Amen. Because of one letter. It's going to come a time that we've all got to cross over. Amen. To the other side. Will you pass the challenge when it's time for you to cross over to the other side? The Bible says in Mark 16, and you shall cast out devils, uh, and you shall speak with new tongues. uh. Amen. I've come to tell you this morning, you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, uh, as the Spirit of God give the others. uh. You see, they can recognize, uh, amen, that there is not part of the people of God because they could not pronounce the word. Amen. But I've come to tell you this morning, we are commanded by the Scripture to all speak the same thing. Amen. If I'm filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit give the evidence, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit give the evidence. You see, it was Peter's speech that betrayed him. They told Peter, they said, your speech betrayed you. So what did Peter do? He tried to change his language. So he began to curse. He began to swear. You see, there's a language for the people of God. And it's not four-letter words. It's not cursing. It's not taking the name of the Lord in vain. You see, that's the language of the people of God. And if everyone else is using four-letter words and all kinds of filth falling out of their mouth, you can rest assured they are not the people of God. They are the enemy of your soul. Amen. And you need to be aware of this. Amen. Praise God. All that my people, which are 
called by my name would humble themselves and pray. Peter's dialect gave them away. Amen. But Paul says, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Amen. I know some people can fake tongues. And you can fake it down here if you want to. But I guarantee you, you won't cross the river to get on the other side. Amen. You need to have the truth of the Holy Ghost inside of you. Praise God. I'm here to tell you, when Joshua, amen, was coming across the Jordan River, God told him to circumcise the people. And so they had to be circumcised, amen, in order to enter into the promised land. Paul would later write to the church, beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the remnants of this world, and not after Jesus Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him, buried with him by baptism, wherein that Christ was raised from the dead, that we should walk in newness of life. Amen. We need to understand that baptism is the New Testament plan of circumcision. It's not cutting off the foreskin. It's cutting off the heart of the world. Amen. And coming out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. You comes a time that you need to know what is the language of the children of God. It comes a time you need to know who are the people of God. Not everybody that says to me, Jesus said, Lord, Lord, is going into the kingdom of heaven. You need to recognize the people of God. You need to be able to recognize those that are on the Lord's side. As Moses drew a line in the sand, and he says, everyone on the Lord's side, come to me. And the Levites came over. Amen. And he told them to draw their sword. And they went through, and they smoked many that day. Amen. Because they became enemies of God. John tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, he said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they be of God, because many false prophets is gone into the world. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the true spirit of error. Everyone that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And everyone that does confess, amen, is born of God. Amen. So it's easy to pick up and know who's on the Lord's side and who isn't. Try the spirits. As I just said, Jesus says, Beware false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing, but inward they are raving wolves. He says, You should know them by their fruit. He says, You don't get figs from a thistle bush. Amen. Or thorns. Amen. It don't come from there. Praise God. So therefore, you need to understand that everybody is not a child of God. <laughs> Excuse me. See, so 42,000 people. Wow. That's a lot of folks. Just because they cannot pronounce one letter. But most of it was their own doing. Because they became prideful. They was envious. They was jealous. So what does this story say to you and I? Number one, we need to know them that labor among us. 
We need to be aware of those that are surrounding with us. Amen. And those that are hanging out with us. Number two, we don't need to let pride get into our hearts. It will destroy you. Number three, don't do things for self-recognition and self-glory as the Ephraimites was trying to do. Number four, you need to know the language and learn the language of the Lord and His people. And number four is don't think that you will escape the judgments of God. You will not escape God's judgment. For it is written, we must all stand before the judgment seats of God to give an account of the things done in this life, whether good or evil. The Lord said through Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2, I will stand upon my watch and set me up a tower, and I will watch to see what he will say unto me, and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that read it, because the vision is for an appointed time. We read about Japheth. 42,000 people couldn't cross over because they didn't have the right language. They couldn't pronounce the right word. Is God trying to get you and I to see for some thousand years later down the road that we need to have the right language? That we need to have the right message. That we need to be on the right team in order to cross into the promised land. Freedom, liberty, where we will go. Are you ready should the Savior call today? Would Jesus say, well done, or go away? My house is for the pure, the vile can never stay. We shall see the King when He comes. Are you ready to meet Jesus today? Have you been born again of the water and the Spirit? Is your record right? Are you ready to meet the Lord? Only you know, sir. Only you know, ma'am. But I want to give you a chance if you're not. To make a difference today. Come unto me all ye that are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Isaiah said with stammering lips and another tongue. Will he speak to his people. Well, for he said, this is the rest that should call the weary to rest. The Holy Ghost is the rest that you need today. It will give you the start with the right language. It will give you the entrance with the people of God. And you can get on that right path. And when it's time to cross over, as long as you keep living for God, you won't have to worry about a thing. You will hear him say, well done my good and faithful servant. Let's stand this morning. Amen. Praise God.
Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning,